I heard a beautiful analogy recently um, from a sermon that was given at Washington Cathedral. The vicar was talking about the passage in um, Corinthians about love, uh, but he talked about the art, uh, the Japanese art of kintsugi. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a, a type of pottery where um, articles that are broken, they are mended. And he was talking about if we break pottery in the West, we tend to try and fix it with glue and make it look like it hasn't been broken and that you try and repair it so it looks like it was before. Um, and the Japanese art of kintsugi is is very different. They they do mend the break, but where they put the glue to mend the pieces, they sprinkle gold dust. And what it does is it kind of enhances and celebrates the the brokenness of the the, the piece to make it look more beautiful. And he was drawing the analogy that all of us have broken parts in our lives or places where we've been broken and that out of that brokenness we are able to um, speak truth and encourage other people and he was just using that as a really lovely example of how to share love with others who perhaps are finding it difficult to love themselves or to love others so um, I hope that's a good illustration of a way of viewing the things that happen in our lives as something that can be can be loved and made good and made like gold in the broken pieces of the kintsugi pottery thanks Bienvenido. Caribou. El Helen Bika. Juaning. Also, we'll say yo. Welcome to Graced with Questions, where we commune at the table of nations. No questions barred. Um, we are back again with episode two of Grace with Questions. Y'all, you guys have been fabulous. Thank you guys so much for your response on EP1. As you guys know, this is our 12th episode of one season one and two. And so we are so blessed to be back here again. Last week, I, like I mentioned to you guys, we have gone through just a, a wonderful season of, of change. Josh and I are privileged to have five more co-hosts join us on the podcast, but last week we told you guys that we are going through a series called Why We Love, um, and we have the privilege to be back again this time around. You guys, if you, if you follow us on social media, you've already seen a video of Emma, uh, our newly minted co-host on, <laughs> on Grace with Questions, and you guys have a little surprise today. Um, I, we have Kimberlyn joining us. Um, who is the founder of Agape Ministries. And so she's actually here. And y'all didn't know this was going to happen, but okay, surprise is good. Surprise is good. And uh, she brings a worth of knowledge and experience to the table with working internationally with women and um, has some very powerful 
um, life stories that you guys are gonna glean from today. And so between Emma and Kimberlyn, you guys are gonna be, I call it Mama Kim, for those in the audience um, listening to us. Um, but this is a privilege for me to have these two ladies. Um, let's just go ahead and have them say hello. Hi, Emma. Hello, it's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. How do you feel? Is this, this is your first recording for podcast, isn't it? It is, yes. How do you feel? I got to start somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) The technology. The technology. Made a landing. We've we've had a fun technology bonding moment. Yes, we have. (laughs) Of course. It has started. The devil tried us. (laughs) But we are here. Mama Kim, I call her Mama Kim. Are you excited to be on here? What is your kind of you know initial reactions to being asked to be on a podcast well i'm I'm kind of like emma this is my this is my first podcast so um i don't know what to expect so i'm just looking forward to having a really good time with you guys Woo-hoo! i mean look i i think i'm really privileged to be in the space right now but i think you guys get to be just receivers of, of probably uh, wisdom that I don't think oftentimes comes to us um, unless we seek it out. And so today I, I'm hoping you guys will just take a cup of tea. Actually, I actually do have a cup of tea right now. You guys know that Emma is from <laughs> London, England. Well, officially, what city is that? Um, well, we live near Oxford. So Oxford. Okay. Yeah, that's that side of England. So a bit further away a from A bit London. further, London. Well, the whole point is I'm drinking English tea and my life is <laughs> right now. So I am sitting here and Mama Kim is joining us online, but I am drinking English tea and I feel officially like a royal um, as I <laughs> sip my tea. Um, oh, and- Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and we are getting ready to um, get into this, guys. So last week we discussed the four loves. Um, we discussed, you know, what is love to us? And and Phoebe and I had the privilege of of walking through C.S. Lewis's, um, not you know, beautifully laid out definition of the four loves: the agape, the storge, the um, the eros, and then the philia, which we beautifully discussed last week. And and I told you guys this series is getting, it's gonna get tougher and tougher because of what we are talking about. And today's topic, the reason why these two women are so significant, I think on today's topic is because we need some wisdom to be able to deal with this. Um, today's topic is, you know, why do we love when we feel rejected? I know, just take a sip. Take a sip. If you have wine, <laughs> take a sip of that wine. If you have, you know, a cup of tea, take a, if you just need to take a deep breath. Rejection is something that we've all felt. Mm. We've all been part of, whether it is over, overtly felt, whether it is passively felt, we felt rejected at some point in our lives and we know there's been a lot of writing done on this um, from infancy to adulthood um, it, you know rejection has a powerful effect on how we think and feel and how we engage with humanity and so today's topic is to really drill down on on can we truly love and rejection yeah. Can we truly come overcome it and, and be honest um, with ourselves? And so I want to ask Mama Kim and Emma both about kind of, you know, um, their experience. Just just how would you guys, first of all, we talked about love, about how we define love based on some of the 
work that has been done by philosophers, how would you, mm. Emma, define love in your own perspective? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I suppose when you think of love, you, for me anyway, I guess automatically you associate it with romantic love and I'm married. So that's the kind of love that comes to mind automatically. Um, but I love the passage in the Bible from Corinthians, which probably a lot of people have heard about, even if you're not a, a, a Christian, because it's often used in marriage services. Mm -hmm. It's the one from um, 1 Corinthians 13. And it's all about love. And uh, it, it, I think the thing that's slightly disappointing is because it's so often used in this marriage service, you kind of forget that this is talking about love as, as a whole, not mm. just in marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to just read some of it out, if that's okay. Please, um, yeah. This comes from verse four. And it, it says this, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I think that is the most amazing passage of all those kind of descriptors of what love is and the kind of things that we maybe should be um looking for that because none of us are perfect are we come on it's that amazing almost like a baseline of what we should be how we should love how mm. we how we can try for that not just in marriage relationships but in friendships and in families in the way that we deal with our colleagues mm -hmm. you know there's definitely things that we can we can work on <laughs> absolutely i feel like yeah. this scripture is so it's so robust but yet so it feels unrealistic to some extent i'm sure yeah. you, you both can testify to this but for me when i when i read this it feels quite weighty yeah yeah the enormity yeah. of it, like how um, how many different areas, how much it um, has an impact on your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Kim, and, and can you expand on that or can you share kind of just how you, you know, you would define love? And obviously for for those who are listening, this women obviously both are married and, and have also that perspective, but how would you define it as well um, from that perspective? So, so I think for me, um, and I'm glad um, Emma kind of um, opened up with 1 Corinthians 13, because, you know, like she said, um, most people, when they when they read this passage, it's mostly at weddings, right? <laughs> and so we, we, we go straight to the romantic side of love and everything. I, but for me, I think when I, when w the way that I would define love is God. Um, God is love. And so even with Emma reading 1 Corinthians 13, the attributes that you see is exactly God is patient. God is the, a kind father. Um, he doesn't, he, you know, he's not a boastful father. Um, he is not jealous of us. He's actually jealous when we're not in relationship with him. Right. Yeah. So for me, I, I interpret, I, I define love as God. Um, that 
everything that we find in whether it's the emotional side of love, um, we get that from God. The relational side of love, we get that from God. So, so for me, I think my definition of love is God. Mm, that's amazing. Now, you guys both just making all of us take a deep breath. And, oh, uh, <laughs> I, need, I need all of you guys to take a, a deep moment. And, and, and I think the people who are questioning the existence of God, and I mean, please do go back and listen to our first season um, on our evidence on the existence of God and, and it's, it's in his presence in our lives. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is, this is powerful. Yeah. Right. It, doesn't it feel so beautiful? The, I mean, the wish you just put it, uh, about God being this attributes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. the, the end bit of that passage is, is love never fails. And exactly. that really links in with what you're saying, that actually yeah. you know, God never fails. He, do, he has never yeah. failed us and he never will. Yeah. And that- he never will. And he doesn't give up on us. He yeah. is constantly with us. He loves us through our messes, mm-hmm. the mistakes that we make, um, the things that we say and do that are not, you know, of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he never leaves us, right? So for me, every uh, every time I hear love, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I prayerfully consider the name for my ministry, Agape, because I truly believe that that kind of unconditional, unwavering love only comes from God. You know, and, it, and and if we don't know how to embrace that, then we fall for the um, the relational love that we get from other people, right? Or the romantic love, we fall for that. But when we truly understand what it means to have agape love, then it's like, you know, it takes it to a whole different level of how you respond even to other people, right? Forget about how you respond to God, but but how you respond to other people, right? How you love people, regardless of how they hurt you. You know, we're, com- we're going to talk about rejection and that's exactly what that kind of love is. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's interesting. You guys are both kind of launched into that gapy piece of things because when we ended episode, episode 12, season, season two's first episode with a so we ended it on a high note. Yeah. And and one mm-hmm. thing that you know that we said towards the end of the episode is that um you know the reality is no matter what happens in the world, but that if we never get a chance to experience the eros love, the romantic love, even the yeah. friendship love, if we don't get a chance to experience um even the the stargate love, which is the parents' love, mm-hmm. the familial love. Agape love always feels like it's it's it is it is powerful enough to fill the gaps yeah. of those things, and so you know, in the entirety of who God is, it is not just this yeah. absolute idea, this abstract idea. It is it is this real idea that is evidence, and I think that leads me to kind of just asking you guys, you know, before we talk even launch into the rejection piece of it, when when you have, I guess in your own life, that love piece of it, you guys have both lived fairly long, not too long, mid, mid-sized life. <laughs> Be careful with the age now, Grace. 
I mean, guys, this ladies look amazing. In their 40s, I think. Yes. And they look amazing, both gorgeous women. So don't get ideas. Um, and they are married, so don't get ideas. Um, but I... I, I'm curious to see, you guys both talk about the scripture, so which is so used by both the church and the secular world. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Why, why is this not just this romanticized idea? Why is this scripture so loved by everyone in the world, you know, but, but not always honored by everyone in the world, if that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, I think it's partly because yeah. it's very well known. So I think that that is why a lot of people um, are drawn to it. But I think we're created to have that relationship with mm. with God, aren't we? And they often they people talk about having this kind of God hole, but it's often filled with other things that people are searching for uh, for something and don't always find what mm. that is. But it's it's because we're made in the image of God and we're made to be in that relationship with God and. I think that's why there's so much resonance with this passage because ultimately that is what people are searching for, mm. but it's not always found in those areas. And, and so I think that, that's partly why it's almost like the same spiritual need mm-hmm. to have yeah. that uh, relationship. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the other thing too is, you know, with everything, right, we, we find that people gravitate toward the feel-good things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so we, we can pull out of scripture things that, um, things that are the feel-good scriptures. Mm-hmm. This, this particular passage is one of those. This yeah. is a feel-good scripture. Nobody wants to read the book of Revelations, right? <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But everybody loves, everybody loves, um, you know, Corinthians because Corinthians talks about all that feel good, you know, love and, and people can equate it to, you know, to the romantic side of things. And, and, um, so, so, you know, you, people kind of take away what they feel, um, is better suited to their way of living Mm -hmm. rather than to how, God wants them to live, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at that scripture, um, they only read certain parts of it and then other parts they leave out. Yeah, but um, what about, you know, chapter 13, I mean, chapter 12 and chapter 14 and, you know, all of those other chapters, nobody reads that. But, you know, that particular passage, it, it speaks to the, 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 human, the human part of, you know, the secular part of the, the human brain that says, you know, be romantic, be in love, be all of those things. But, um, but even when you look at that, it's like, okay, what else, what else does it do? What else does it say that we're supposed to do? How are we supposed to love outside of romance? Right. And, and that's why people struggle in life because you find that some people don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people don't know how to love. And then you and then the, the other thing is you start to look at, OK, if this person doesn't know how to love, is it is it just this person or is it a generational thing 
that's happening to this person because it could be that they saw their 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 father or their mother not loving them so then you start to look at the you know where that whole idea idea came from that you know now this person is not able to love as they should right well i feel like this segues actually beautifully into kind of describing how would we describe and and, and define rejection um, and obviously, the, there's very, you know, um, dictionary-based rejection and definition of rejection. But rejection at its core, it, it, is, it is the abandonment uh, of somebody's uh, identity. It is, it is somebody feeling um, not belonging to yeah, a space, not, not being accepted, not feeling what, what we would say in our generation, not feeling seen. It's it's it, it, you know we use that word all the time on social media. I don't feel seen. Um, oh, I feel like yeah. you see me. Um, and and really, if we, we had to use the uh, ebonics of our generation, it would be that many people rejection is not being seen mm-hmm. and not being loved for who they are, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And so there is all this wonderful narratives and books and even social movements around mm-hmm. not being seen. Mm. There is billions of dollars being made out of self-help books. Yeah, or not and, being heard, and not oh, being heard. Not, yeah. you know, not being listened to. Not being listened to. Um, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's it's amazing how we have really couched a whole um, movement, and also a whole uh, you know writing writing uh, of things around rejection. Yeah, but we don't call it as such, you know. Uh, yeah. But you know, no matter how much you know, rejection has no face, it has no, re- it has no ethnicity, it mm. has no age, mm. it has no color, it has no Absolutely. timeline. Mm. It it happens to us all. Yeah, and I think Emma, do you want to expand on, and then I'll come to Mama Kim about that, you know, on kind of some definitions around that. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Obviously, people can have so many different experiences of it, and. Um, you just if you start right back from when you're very young like children at school maybe Mm -hmm. not being accepted by friendship groups or um, Mm -hmm. not feeling that they're part of the little gang or um, you know in families where there's been a breakup and that's ended in families separating Mm -hmm. then there can be a lot of rejection associated with with things like that um children who don't know their their parents for whatever mm-hmm. reason um that they can often not have that background of um familial love and support and security mm-hmm. and just like you were saying um Kimberlyn that then that has that has impacts further down the line with yeah. their ability to then um form relationships or to feel love because they haven't experienced that mm-hmm. for themselves yeah and yeah. So i think yeah. um there's so many different areas that yes. it can be impacted i think that's what i'm trying to um allude to that it can start right back from when you're very young mm-hmm. it can be um yeah. experiencing rejection in a relationship or mm-hmm. even from a workplace where you're not yes. maybe included or mm-hmm. you your ideas yeah. you listen to or um, you don't feel that you're you're being included in a team. I think there's lots of different ways that you can experience rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amakin, do you wanted to expand on that? I mean, I think I, I so I think Emma kind you know Emma covered 
pretty much the idea of, you know, what rejection does or what it is. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll give an example of, you know, uh, rejection. Um, so the ministry, the nonprofit organization that um, um, I run, um, we mentor young women and girls, disadvantaged young women and girls in Liberia, West Africa, where I'm from. And I have never seen, so most of these girls, maybe about 90% of the girls that come through my program, our program, um, they were born um, in the 90s and 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. So these these kids grew up during a period in Liberia where there was civil war and there was so much chaos and um, a whole lot of um, evil that they saw as, you know, as children growing up. And so now you have a group of young women, um, teenagers and um, young adults in their twenties and early thirties who have never, they, they don't know what love is. Right. Mm-hmm. So for 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 our organization, when we when we went in to start this program, every single girl asked what we wanted from them. Like, Whoa. because their the, their their thing was, I've never no one has ever just given me something for free. Right. Mm-hmm. I've always had to give something. And so most of these girls, they have had to sell their bodies um, to be able to eat. Um, parents neglected them because they were not um, producing enough money to feed to help feed the family. So you have these these young girls who are you know 18, 19, 20 with two, three kids because every single time they went to a guy and said, "Hey, um, can you help me with something?" The guy would say, "Well, you know, if I'll give you something if you give me something." And then what typically Mm -hmm. happens is the girl gets pregnant. And then as soon as she finds out she's pregnant, they leave. So, Mm -hmm. so we have this, this serious problem of a lot of these girls are coming to our, to our meetings and, you know, they're coming with their children. So it's not just meeting the needs of the girls anymore. It's meeting the needs of the girls and their kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but for every single conversation that we've had with these girls, they are, broken, um, scared. They are completely, um, ignorant of what it is to just have a genuine per like a genuine relationship. Someone just actually care for you. So like at the end of every, you know, at the end of every session, when we, when we're about to graduate the girls out, we give them this care package of, you know, sanitary products and, um, you know, clothes for their kids and shoes and different things for the, for the babies. And we feed them throughout the program. And it's like, it, it overwhelms them because they, they don't know what that is. It's like a, their, their minds are so confused because mm-hmm. they've never experienced genuine love, right? Yeah. So so we, we're dealing with the entire generation of girls who have been rejected and just told that they will never amount to anything, mm-hmm. right? The amazing so, thing is that I think by doing that, you are, you are showing them for the first time maybe that they are worthy of love, that they can receive love, that it's free, that there is in return. And this, you know, that kind of trauma that they've been through, it has 
it yeah. has an impact on their ability to receive, doesn't it? That so often yes. the, that rejection in turn means that you're not able to accept love and it almost has to be taught, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. you're you're teaching yeah. these girls for the first time that yeah. you can receive love, that love is given yeah. and that you don't have to do anything or earn anything in, yeah. in return. And, and by doing so, you're demonstrating that pattern of God's love that we talked about. So mm, that's exactly an example of that. Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I have a I have a young lady who I've taken on as my daughter. Um, her name is Tina. And when I met her, she was in high school. And um, her mother used to date. Okay, it's so complicated. So her mom had her with another guy, but ended up dating another guy who ended up adopting Tina. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when they broke up, the mother left Tina with the, the new adopted father and just abandoned her. And so he, he took her on, got married to another lady and the lady also adopted her. And so, so they're caring for this young girl, but what started happening? So in 2020, um, on my last trip to Liberia was 2019. And so in 2020, the mom calls me because she's now, so, you know, this is when we went into lockdown with COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden Tina starts to just go buck wild. And so I told the mom, I said, okay, I, I, I need to talk to her, but I cannot talk to her without your permission, number one. And number two, I'd rather you be on the phone with me because I want you to understand what I'm going to tell her. And so she comes on the phone and we have this conversation with an, our director on, 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 in Liberia. We have a conversation with her and I lit her up because I'm like, you are not going to do that to your parents. They, they have worked too hard for you to be disrespectful and rude and think that you can leave the house anytime and come home at any time. That's not going to happen. Mm. Can I tell you from that very day, this, I mean, when I tell you she did a 360 every single week for almost two years, this girl has been pinging me. She will ping me to say how she's doing, how school is going, Um, how her grades are, because now she realizes that someone else is taking so much interest in her that even though she may have been abandoned and rejected by her parents, she has people who actually love her. Mm. So Tina is now the one who recruits girls for Agape. Can you imagine? Oh, that's amazing. I mean... Can you... That is powerful. I mean, I'm getting chills, actually, as you speak about this, because I recognize that rejection does not, which is important, is not the final word. Going back to what you said, Emma, too, that love never... Never fails. fails. And and I think rejection is not your... If you're listening to this and you've been told that you don't matter, you've been told that you're not heard, no matter where you are, I love that God and and in the form of Christ reminds us that our destiny, our being, the what you know, they will say the imago day, the reflection of who we are is truly the reflection of God. Mm-hmm. And nothing in the world, no one in the world can underestimate yeah. it. Not not war, not 
um, abandonment, not, mm. um, you know, being left alone by our familial parents or caretakers. Yeah. Can, I just love that story. I mean, it's just so honest. It's incredible. And I think as yeah. well, it, it's, it's a reminder as well that, um, we were saying about people experiencing different rejection, but, but ultimately we have that example of, of Jesus Christ in the Bible, don't we? Yes. You know, he came as a, as Absolutely. a even though he was God and he was mm-hmm. completely rejected by people who, yes. you know, he was coming to, um, to, to talk and to give life and to give hope. Yes. He was rejected by the very people mm-hmm. who thought were going to, um, going to respond well you know one of his own disciples betrayed him you know that's that's yeah. a sad rejection and he was you know he took that punishment of crucifixion and, yes. and I think if ever there's an example like you've just given with with Tina that that is that example of people who have been rejected but has still able you know on the cross what did he say father forgive them Ah, you know yes. that, that ability to forgive people who are perpetrating such a crime for, for someone who's innocent yes. you know to then that's a kind of example of you know you can be rejected and still accept that love that it's not the end that there is still still hope you know there's that it always hopes it always perseveres mm. and and it, yeah. it doesn't fail so you know yeah. I think just for people who are struggling and feel that they have that history of rejection that actually that there is hope and there's people who have experienced it and who are able to love and receive love and mm-hmm. there's healing in that I think mm-hmm. yeah and and I think one thing that I kind of also want to be able to touch on as we are here and sitting on this very heavy moment here I think oftentimes when we experience rejection which we've all have um it's hard for us to think about um, the the person who did it to us. So, so the victimizer in the situation. And it's interesting yeah. because the research is very clear that people who've experienced trauma, like you mentioned, people who've experienced um, rejection oftentimes end up perpetuating. Yeah. Becomes yeah. the, the same the, cycle, the same person, that yeah. generational yeah. aspect of it. And I, and I think part of, I think being honest in saying that, and I always say this, and other people sometimes have an adverse reaction to this when I say it, that we've all been victimizers and victims. Yes. Whether we know it or not, we've done things that have caused other people to feel rejected, and Mm -hmm. we have been rejected in return. We've all... Mm -hmm we all carry scars of trauma that show up in various aspects of our lives. And I think, I mean, I I think, can we be honest in in recognizing that, you know, and I think I've said this in the past, it's important to acknowledge evil is evil. When somebody is purely, you know, operating under the place of evil, we need to recognize that piece. Yeah. Uh, But thank God that even in those people's situation that God, there's grace for that. Yeah. for healing a <laughs> situation and so yeah. nobody is truly fully uh, a, a lost cause uh, yeah. in yes. any situation but i think it's important to talk about cycles um yeah of of, of what what i guess research will say the victimizer in the situation mm-hmm. any any thoughts around that yeah it's it's interesting isn't it it's that um almost like that example this is the example you've been shown if you Mm -hmm. take that in in a family situation that you know there's uh, a lot of research that shows that children that come from broken families then are not able to Mm -hmm. form lasting 
interesting relationships because yeah. the, the model that they have is that it didn't work out for their their yeah. family situation and so they're then not able to fully embrace um you know a, a long-term fulfilling partnership and I think it's those kind of things but on so many different mm. levels where people have maybe experienced abuse that then mm. they go on to perpetrate that because mm-hmm. that's the model that yeah. they've been shown or that they've yeah. experienced so that cycle it's like a it's being able to break that isn't it mm. and to um you know to to realize what's happening or to seek uh counseling right or to yeah. um almost to let love in to those spaces mm. that have been hurt that have been traumatized and mm-hmm. to, to, to break that so it's not it's not kind of coming down to the next generation or the right. next the yeah. next circumstance mm. yeah. Yeah. Martin, do you want to- i think I, I think too you know as we're talking about love um I would say I know from from me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, in in past relationships, um, I experienced a lot of hurt um, and rejection, you know, and so when I when when God sent me my husband Daniel, um, well, I I I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, when he sent me Daniel, I I didn't even understand who he was, as in who Daniel was, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't because he was so different from the the cut of people that I had been with in from my past. But I'm so grateful because one of the things that God allowed me to do was. In, in getting to know Daniel, I begin to understand who I was as God's daughter, right? Um, I, I begin to let down my guards and um, to open up more about the things that, I ha- that happened in my past, right? I was, I was you know, both Daniel and I, um, we survived the Civil War as well. So mm. having survived the Civil War and then living a life where you have to struggle and people have abused you and you have to do whatever you can to, to stay the course and to keep your head above water. When, when I finally got with him, I didn't understand the kind of love that he was willing to give me. I didn't understand it because I was so used to being rejected and in different forms by people that I dated in my past. Right. Mm -hmm. So so when God allowed me, like you're talking, Emma, about going to, to you know, counseling and all of that, I had to go through all of that in order to get to the place where I realized that, wow, you know, God loved me so much that even though I went through the, the hardest times of my life, um, but the most beautiful part of my life and the the place that I'm at and the age that I'm at is to find someone who knows and understands me more than I know myself. Or that if I tell him my insecurities, he understands it and he doesn't see it as a hindrance where I can say, I don't feel safe in this area. He comes in and he completely says, okay, let's not do that because I know that scares you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, having that kind of love after being rejected over and over and over, it's such a beautiful place to be because you know that 
in your own self, in your own thinking, in your own humanness, it cannot be you. It has to be something that's greater than you. And that thing is God. That person is God that's allowing you to experience that kind of love after being rejected. I truly love and believe that. Um, like Emma said, our greatest example of rejection and love is Jesus. You know, when, when, when Jesus, when God sent his son and he was rejected over and over and over and, and had to prove himself and had to keep asking even his disciples, who do you say I am over and over and over? Because they didn't even believe that he was the Messiah, right? Until he went to the cross and even on the cross, he was still asking God to forgive our sins. So, so. Having having seen rejection from that angle, you know, and, and this is for, you know, I know people struggle with the whole faith thing and everything. And I'm grateful that you, you know, you got the this this series is really opening up to 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 everyone to kind of give everyone a good understanding of of what love is, who God is and, and what all of this means. But I think this particular issue of you know, rejection and love. This is so, this is so important because if we understand who God is, love, then we understand that rejection is just part of his purpose, his plan for us to be loved. Right. Mm. It's not the end for us. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one of the things, even if we can't really understand it or accept it, um, you've just got in black and white the, mm. the commandments that, you know, even yeah. if you are struggling to accept that because of your the damage that's been caused um, to your yeah. self-esteem or your confidence, but it's it's there, isn't it? In um, right early on in the Bible where Moses goes up and he gets the, the Ten Commandments, mm. but, but Jesus kind of summarizes these, doesn't he? And he says um, his commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, exactly. with all your mind, exactly. and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. So yeah. it's just like it's pretty simple there, isn't it? In black and white, these are the two things I'm asking you to do, mm. even though it might be hard, mm. even though you don't understand it, even maybe what you've experienced in rejection. This is what yeah. I'm asking of you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think it like, you know, for me, just it's so so clear, so black and white. There's mm -hmm. no kind of well, <laughs> made this. Is there a way around it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's just these two things. If you can do them, then things will be better for yeah. you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like it, it's interesting hearing you two talk. I mean, you guys probably can just glean this amount of wisdom that's coming out of these women. And and I think it's interesting because those two commandments, love thy God and then love your neighbor. And then it's interesting because the reality is. You can't really do one without the, without the other. Yeah, absolutely. And and absolutely. You know, it's like we don't recognize that. You know, we as people, we are so. And I love what Phoebe said last time too. You know that we are created for love. Yeah. It, it, even the research mm -hmm. talks about about. You know, we, we mentioned the last episode that when a child is born, the first six months of their life matters. Mm, even yes. the research shows that, and, and that that it's interesting because we fight God on this. Oh, we yeah. fight God so much, you know, about his existence. And, and I think it's rightly so because when we've experienced such painful things in our lives and mm -hmm. rejection of people in the church, even, yeah. you know, church mm -hmm. rejection and uh, people rejection, it is, it is hard to say how can God be so, but then I think it, it goes back to the, 
very point that God, when we don't experience God in his fullness, Mama Kim and Emma, that it is truly hard to also receive that love, right? And I think even people who are maybe perpetual victimizers in this area yeah. are people who just haven't themselves experienced that love. Yeah. 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 And I think it, it's just so important that, that you can truly love. On, you know, I think the world talks about last week, we left the, the question on the table has love really won? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I said, nah, and then we kind of paused there. We didn't say anything yeah. about it. But I think it's important. But you don't, you don't think love has won? Oh, no, no, no. We just left the question. I think it was just left hanging. Left hanging. But do you know, I'm going to, do you know that film Wonder? I don't know if you've, some of you will probably have seen it. If you've got children, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's a Mm -hmm. a fantastic film about a young boy who has a a disfigurement and he is just starting school. He's been homeschooled. Mm. He's starting school and the, the, there's so many issues there. He's got the most wonderful, loving family. And so he's got that as his kind of his security. Mm. But at the same time, he goes into this environment, a middle school for the first time, and all these kids just look at him and he experiences rejection on a daily basis and experiences mm. bullying and all these different things day to day. But he's got this kind of real quiet determination where he's just... He's going to keep going. He's going to, there's some amazing children that kind of come alongside him and, and offer him friendship. But I think that one of the, the real strengths of this story is that he's got this amazing support of his family. Mm. And it shows that he's so loved and so um, blessed with that, regardless of what he looks like. He's got the most amazing um, strength of character and it's just a beautiful film that looks at some of these issues that mm. we're talking about so um it's it, that he's got that kind of deep strength that comes from being loved Absolutely. that then means he's able to cope with all of this mm. stuff that's coming at him and and making him feel that he's he's not worthy of love and he should be rejected because of what he looks right. like mm-hmm. when when actually he is quietly able to just rise above it all and it's just you gotta watch it. <laughs> Go watch the film. <laughs> Go watch the film. And I know I'm gonna ask you guys this question probably in, the, in a couple of minutes about in your perspective has love one. Phoebe and I left it hanging because we wanted people to ponder on the question. Okay. Um, and we are gonna ask you guys that question here in a bit. But I I want to come to the point on. Um, is that why do we need to continue to address the question of, you know, of why do we love when we feel rejected? Why can't we just talk about love without the reality of rejection? Why is the question necessary? Why does any institution that, that aims to bring healing mm. in the world, it's important for us to address this question in its honesty, in its entirety? Yeah. Emma and then Mama Kim. It's because we live in a broken world. We are, we are broken. This isn't the world that I think God intended for us. And so <laughs> we have all of these different, um, different things that we mm. deal with, whether it's brokenness within us or the brokenness that we see in our world from 
you know, all over the place, different countries, mm. you know, at that level, but also um, brokenness in our environment. And, you know, there's so many different areas mm. that um, that we can see that played out. But I think ultimately love is what keeps people going, what helps people to overcome some of these difficulties, what helps people to forgive and to move on and to mm. to to almost build back stronger and um mm. i think you, there's almost that ability of why you know why why do we keep loving when <laughs> when mm. this is going on <laughs> well, to, yeah. well well god first yeah. loved us didn't he and mm. the you yeah. know ultimately it's because if we don't acknowledge that love and the mm that relationship then ultimately we will die with the worse off without having experienced mm. that mm. um and of course I don't, I don't think we can um not mention the verses from John 3 16 that for God ah. so loved the world yes. that he gave his own yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. son that whoever mm. believes in him will not mm. perish but have eternal life and yeah. that that is ultimately love isn't it that he gave his son yeah. for us and if we can just emulate a tiny shred of that love in our relationships mm -hmm. or in our workplaces yeah. or just to bring humanity to a better place, you know, mm -hmm. just yeah. the, the, the contacts that we have day by day, then I think love will prevail. Mm. Yeah. Hope. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would say though that I think you know, um, if not for, if not for rejection and failure and hardship and suffering, if not for those things, I don't think we understand what love is. I don't think we would. I think we would have, I, I, the way that we appreciate love in our lives and the way that we appreciate relationships that we have, the ones that we treasure, those relationships that are so meaningful to us, the way that we appreciate those things, I don't think we would appreciate it if we have, if we've never experienced any of those those things if we've never experienced rejection or you know failure or disappointments yeah. because if we if we never did we would be we would take everything for granted right yeah. nothing would be meaningful to us we would take it all for granted but yeah. because we've been hurt because we've been rejected because we've been called names because we've been scorned and and you know and and all of these things um because we have scars right mm -hmm. to show um when we find love it is like the most precious gift that god can give us and where it's it's like an egg that you're so afraid to, to drop it because you don't want it to break or you're afraid. To, so you treasure that thing and you hold it close to you because it, it has so much meaning. That's why, you know, uh, and, and, and Emma, you can relate to this in marriage. It's so, it's so precious. What, um, how the love relationship between a husband and a wife is because you understand that this is the one person on this earth that knows you outside of any other human being. 
And so the way that you love them is, is deeper and, and, and only God can understand how you love your spouse. Right. But when the, the, the reason that you can love your spouse in that way is because every other guy before him rejected you in some way. Right. So the way that I love my Daniel, um, is so much deeper and richer and fuller because I know that I was so broken and there were so many pieces of me that were missing, um, until I came into that kind of love from God through Daniel. Right. So I think if, if we haven't, if we've never experienced rejection and, and hardship, we would not understand the kind of love that we're talking about now. Yeah. I think that is so wise. It's like you don't understand the brightness of the day unless you've experienced the darkness of the night, do you? Unless you've Absolutely. experienced the difficulties and the rejection and the hardship, mm. then Absolutely. it doesn't truly make you appreciate the gift of love and yeah. the friendship yeah. or the gift yeah. of um, mm-hmm. yeah, just those relationships that work. It's a yeah. treasure, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we come to a close here, I, I mean, there is so much that has been said and, and I always kind of like to leave people with, I think you guys have left enough, enough uh, 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 gems on the ground uh, for, for people to pick to up, mull over. to mull so, over. Mm, if mm. you had to say, and just, I know we have a few minutes here, but if you had to say one thing to the person who's hurting right now, who is at their you know, what's end. Um, mm-hmm. And they are even questioning, am I worth loving? Am I, am I worth even being, potentially even being on the earth to receive mm-hmm. love? I'm getting emotional because I know this pandemic has brought many great woes on our world mm-hmm. and many great pain. What would you tell that person who is currently listening to us? Am I want to go? I think I would say that there is always hope, and sometimes it's hard to find it. But um, I think the thing with with love and being able to to manage day by day is the perspective that you have, and I think that's really important because the pandemic has kind of shone a light on different areas, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's been difficult to kind of keep that perspective but I think sometimes some of the good things that have come out of it has made us appreciate things that perhaps before we have taken for granted Mm. so even if you're in a very dark place or things are very difficult try and look at even just one thing that you think you know I'm really grateful for that Mm. I can be thankful Mm. for we were just saying here we're thankful that we're in a nice warm house because it's freezing outside (laughs) and sometimes it's the really basic things that we can completely overlook and I yeah. think sometimes it's just reframing the way that you're looking at things or your perspective to mm-hmm. to see that actually, you know, there is hope, there is that possibility mm-hmm. that I am loved, that I yeah. can find love. And mm-hmm. so I just really encourage you to keep searching, keep finding, um, keep finding hope mm-hmm. in things because um I just, I think really ultimately, I want to tell you that you, there's a father in heaven who loves you and that yes. um, he, yes. he will welcome you back with open arms. Mm. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, Grace, can I read something? Yeah, please. So I want to read um, Psalms 139, mm. um, starting at verse 13. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because um, this passage tells me that even before my parents even got together to create me, God had already written out my days. So God knew me before I was formed. And I think for every single one of us is when we come to the realization of how loved we are, because this passage tells me that God loved me so much that even the hard days that I was, that I've experienced in my life, it's all written out, but there's so much joy behind those hardships and those, those difficult times, because it only draws us closer to the father. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I honestly pray that um, this scripture blesses whoever listens to this for them to just know and believe in and, and just understand that the kind of love that or the way that God loves you, um, it's beyond your capacity to even comprehend or understand. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, in the middle of whatever you may be facing, I, I honestly pray that um, connect with someone that can just speak life to you, that can encourage you, that can, um, you know, support you in your journey because nobody should ever have to walk this life alone. Mm-hmm. So find people that can, you know, that can hold you accountable, that can be, you know, be there for you just to listen to or share a meal with or cry with or, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but find connection because through the connection is where you find the hope and in and the love and and the support that you need yeah. and thank you guys both uh for being here i i i am just overwhelmed by just the wisdom and the love that was shared between emma and mama kim here today i i want to just say to you guys you guys know i'm here at Grace with Questions, we have a mailbox. You can send us an email if there's any way that our team can even connect you with people in your community. We will find a way to do that. Um, we don't want to feel like, okay, we're giving you all this stuff, but then we are not giving you resources to do that. And so we are here. You can always reach out to us on our IG page at Grace with Questions. But honestly, if there's any way we can support you in your journey uh, and we can show love to you. And I want to challenge the people who are flowing in abundance right now, abundance of joy, abundance of love. It is it is up to us. It is up to all of us to light somebody else's torch. And I challenge us today that we would light up somebody else's torch and let that overflow into somebody else it's not good enough to just receive it like we talked about last week yeah it is important to light the torch and to pass it on mm. yeah. and so next week we'll talk about is 
is love truly can it solve the world's problems and i feel like you guys already dropped enough here to carry us the next one (laughs) and keep you going and so thank you guys both for being here i know we were deeply touched i know i was and i knew this was going to be like a fire hose um and i felt like it was and so much blessings i will i can't wait to, to, to have them back and so much love to you guys. And uh, know that we love you very much and we are praying for you. And so guys, cheers. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. So we come to the close of this episode and we understand that this might have been triggering for some of you guys. The topic of rejection is a difficult one no matter where you are in your life. It has no face. It comes to us all in our life. And so the question that we want to pose to you guys is, what lies, what fears has rejection produced in your life? Take a moment to write out those fears, those lies. And also in the same breath, I want you to take a moment to write out the truth and the strength and the beauty that you carry as a human being on the earth. We all have it. And let God speak to you in this moment. Or even if you don't believe in God in this exact moment, ask people around you, people you trust, who can tell you about the beauties that you carry. And I want you to allow those truths to overcome those lies. Because guess what? When something is true, it will always overcome the lies. You are always worth it. You are always loved. God was so intentional when he made you. Much love to you guys. Cheers. with questions was edited by guest editors Quentin Thomas Trish Torton and Chiang you can find our work on Apple Podcasts Spotify and Anchor if you would love to follow us which we highly encourage follow us on our ig page graced with questions as well as on our facebook page graced with questions thank you again for your lovely support and make sure to leave us a review and also rate us on apple Podcasts or spotify thank you so much we love you and we hope your day continues to be filled with so much joy cheers